Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I got to tell you, it is a joyous day. I feel like all of a sudden, the good guys are starting to put some points up on the board. And if you've ever been in a game where you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you just can't quite get on the scoreboard, I feel like the big judge's decision to end masks on airplanes was massive. And we got a couple of big wins today that I think are going to be substantial going forward. But we begin with what might count as a big L for our good friends at CNN. Now, long-time OutKick listeners may well, and readers, and viewers, may well remember that your boy was banned for life by CNN for saying that I believed in only two things absolutely, the First Amendment and boobs. Banned for life. CNN says I can't come on anymore. And so I've not ever been a big fan of rooting for CNN's success since then. So you can imagine my glee when my phone blew up with the news that CNN Plus, after just 21 days of existence, will be no more come April 30th. Who knew? Your boy did, but let's pretend. Who knew that America wasn't clamoring for more Rex Chapman and more woke analytics from Jamel Hill? And that there wasn't a great demand for more Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, Jake Tapper, or Brian Stelter. That Americans weren't saying, hey, CNN, we've chosen not to watch your programming when it's free. Maybe what we need to do is charge people directly for it. CNN Plus spent reportedly $300 million to launch CNN Plus. And effectively what they did was have a big bonfire of money and light it all on fire and watch it all disappear. This is no hyperbole. Given the rapidity with which this entire enterprise collapsed, I don't believe more money has ever been lost by a media company in a shorter period of time associated with the news than CNN+. Plus. It is the worst media loss given dollars lost in time, right? People have lost hundreds of millions of dollars on media before, but usually it takes years. CNN Plus did it in the space of a month, less than a month, 21 days to be excised forever. And we've got some really enjoyable takes here. CNN Breaking News itself actually tweeted this out. This is not me making it up. I'm reading directly from the CNN Breaking News Twitter feed. 
CNN Plus, the streaming service that was hyped as one of the most significant developments in the history of CNN, will shut down on April 30th, just one month after it launched. A lot of bad decisions made in the world of media. I want you to think about this one for a minute. Chris Wallace had, on Fox News, one of the most influential news programs in the entire world. Fox News Sunday, I believe it's called. Huge platform, really well paid, could have continued to do that for years and years into the future. Instead, he decided to go to CNN+. Plus. This ranks as one of the worst media decisions in the history of media. I had a uh, follower ask, which was the worst decision? I didn't even remember this decision. Chris O'Donnell, remember Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Donnell, Sin of a Woman, I think was probably his most famous movie back in the day. He turned down Titanic so that he could go on and be Robin in the Batman and Robin movie that totally bombed. He had a choice. Sat down with his agent. They said, man, it's great to have options, Chris. Here are your two options, Chris. You can play Robin in a Batman and Robin movie or you can be on Titanic as the Jack character opposite Kate Winslet. And they looked at those two options. They weighed them. They said, you know what? Can't turn down the role of Robin. And they passed on Titanic, which went to Leonardo DiCaprio. And as a result, Leonardo DiCaprio goes on Titanic, makes a billion dollars or whatever it made, best picture Oscar. Leonardo DiCaprio probably, for his age, the greatest actor of his generation. He's up there in terms of all the different roles that he's had. Chris O'Donnell, I didn't even know. He's on NCIS LA, I think, or whatever that thing is called. Okay, Chris O'Donnell may be a fantastic guy. I don't know any of these people. But he passed on Titanic one of the greatest success stories for a movie in the history of the world. And maybe, maybe his agent said, I'd love to know the full story behind this, maybe his agent even said at some point, we got to take Robin. Everybody knows how Titanic ends. The ship sinks. No way it's going to do well at a box office. Go figure. Instead, Titanic blows up and Batman and Robin is a disaster. Chris O'Donnell's career never recovers. That's kind of what Chris Wallace did. Chris Wallace had the opportunity to stay at Fox News running an influential program on Sunday, which, let's be honest, not that hard to do. Your boy does 15 hours a week of live radio, a bunch of hours a week of live television, helps to run OutKick, all those things. Chris Wallace just had to do one show a week, to my knowledge. Got paid really well to do it on the most watched network on television. And he could have stayed there and finished his career doing that show. Instead, he said, you know what's going to be a big hit? CNN Plus. 21 days after it launches, boom, big L for CNN. Maybe even a bigger L for Chris Wallace. Fire your agent, my man. Not a good look. But... Maybe one day you can be on NCIS alongside of Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Really ridiculous spot, by the way, 
uh, for CNN Plus to find itself. And if I were working at CNN, I got to be honest with you. Think about this for a minute. When you were a kid, maybe you're younger than me. I know a lot of you are. When I was a kid, CNN, I think their tagline was the most trusted name in news, something like that. And that was actually true. During the Gulf War, we would come home. My family would put on CNN. Remember Bernard Shaw? Remember the scud stud Peter Arnett? Was that his name? It's not. My apologies. They had all the guys on the ground in Baghdad and Kuwait, and they covered the war against Iraq and Saddam Hussein far better than anybody else did. Wolf Blitzer still there. They made their brand based on being the place you turn to when news happened. That was CNN. That's what CNN did. And then, we've been saying this on Clay and Buck for a while, Donald Trump broke them. You got to be careful. I've always said this. This is a good lesson for everybody out there. It's fine to disagree with people. It's fine to have enemies. But be careful that you don't destroy yourself trying to destroy someone else. Because hate festers to such a degree that at some point you can destroy yourself trying to destroy someone else. And I think that's what happened to CNN. They hated Donald Trump so much that they allowed Donald Trump to destroy their entire brand. CNN's brand used to be, maybe we're not uh, MSNBC, but we are going to be the most trusted name in news. I'll tell you who the most trusted name in news is based on viewership. It's Fox News. Because CNN abdicated that relationship. And ultimately what a streaming service will test is how many people are diehard fans of what you produce. Because there's lots of people who will watch something that is on television already. You already paid for your cable or satellite subscription. But the test on a streaming service is, whether it's WWE, whether it's the UFC, whether it's Fox Nation, uh, whether it is whatever streaming service may be out there, how many people are such diehards that they'll pay more? Think about it. A lot of people will watch a comedian on television. How many of them, and that's good for the comedian, but the real test for the comedian is how many people will pay to come watch them. Same thing is true of any rock band, of any rapper, of any entertainer. How many people will pay additional cash? Lots of people listen to the radio. Lots of people watch a comedian. How many people will pay additional cash because of their affinity for your brand? And what CNN believed was there was a lot of affinity for their brand. What the market said was, most people can't stand your brand. And this would be, I think, have to be a holy crap moment for the people who run CNN. Because there is almost no one out there who was saying, I need more Brian Stelter. I need more Jake Tapper. I need more Don Lemon. I need more Anderson Cooper. Certainly nobody was saying, I need more Rex Chapman. And I need more Jamel Hill in my life. But the CNN people thought that they would. They thought that people would respond and say, I will pay for that. And that was not the truth. And so CNN Plus is dead at only 21 days. In conjunction with this, another big win. Elon Musk today announced that he has obtained the dollars 
in order to be able to purchase Twitter. A lot of blue checks out there said, well, Elon Musk doesn't even have the money to be able to pay $54.20 a share, which is what he's offered for Twitter. And right now, by the way, Twitter stock, as I am talking to you, is sitting at basically $46.85. That's the number out right now. So it's still about $7 or $8 below what Elon Musk has offered to buy the whole company. He's now got the funds to be able to buy the entire purchase over $40 billion. Elon Musk has put that money together. So everybody out there who said, oh, this is just a sham. Elon Musk is not actually willing to buy Twitter. This is just a stunt. He's not going to pay $54.20 to buy Twitter. Well, he's called their bluff. The money is actually there. He has notified everybody that he does, in fact, have the funding to make this a reality. So, so, the ball is firmly in Twitter's court. And what Twitter has to decide, the board of directors in particular, how are they going to avoid massive shareholder lawsuits if there isn't a second bidder and if they are still not willing to accept what is a fairly substantial premium offer from Elon Musk? That is going to be, I think, a real challenge for them to figure out going forward. Again, Elon Musk has the funds to make this a reality. A um, couple of other big stories. I got a bunch of big stories here. I want to give credit. Um, a lot of athletes get credit for saying things that are not very smart uh, and are not very interesting and are not very well said. And that's because a lot of people in sports media just cover athletes who have the same political opinions of them without actually doing the due diligence to see who is going to be reacting uh, in, a, uh, in an intelligent way to what is being said by athletes. And I'm scrolling through right now. I want to make sure that I get these quotes, which are translated from Serbian, uh, from uh, Novak Djokovic, who I think has been very, very eloquent in discussing this in general. Uh, and so let me go ahead and, uh, and grab this. I tweeted it out earlier. Novak Djokovic basically said that he wants everybody to be able to have a, uh, a, a similar opinion when it comes to the world of sports. Uh, he said, I think it's crazy about Wimbledon banning all of the Russian and Belarusian tennis players. And he said, I don't support the decision. I think it's crazy. And here is his further statement. I don't believe you should hold individual athletes uh, who are representing their countries. Um, The players, the tennis players, the athletes have nothing to do with the Russia-Ukraine war. When politics interferes with sport, the result is not good. I'm reading from Novak Djokovic right now. I will always condemn war. I will never support war being a child of war myself. I know how much emotional trauma it leaves. In Serbia, we all know what happened in 1999. In the Balkans, we've had many wars in recent history. However, I cannot support the decision of Wimbledon. I think it is crazy. He's right. Novak Djokovic was right on mandating the COVID shot, which got him disallowed from participating in the Australian Open. And he's right about Wimbledon banning athletes. There's no way to justify this decision. 
And I talked about this a lot yesterday, but let me echo what I said yesterday. Holding individual athletes responsible for the decisions of the countries that they happen to be from is flat out wrong, no matter what country you're from. There are lots of uh, things that Iran does that I disagree with. I don't believe all Iranian athletes should be banned from international competitions. Uh, There are lots of things that North Korea uh, does I disagree with. Lots of things China does I disagree with. There are all different sorts of decisions being made by the countries. And by the way, there are lots of things that the United States does that other countries disagree with. I don't believe that individual athletes should be banned. Now, larger discussion can be had about banning international teams representing countries. I think that's a harder discussion than an individual athlete decision. And it's certainly if it involves the Olympics or the World Cup or something that is international in nature of that degree. But in general, we haven't done that, right? North Korea can play in the World Cup even if we disagree with North Korean decisions. North Korea can send athletes to the Olympics. So this idea of banning individual athletes who aren't even participating on behalf of their individual countries I mean, we're not doing it in the NHL. Whether or not you agree, and most everyone in America disagrees, with Russia invading Ukraine, what can individual athletes do to stop this from happening? Alexander Ovechkin is one of the most talented NHL players historically in the league right now. He's Russian. Should he not be allowed to play in the NHL because Russia invaded Ukraine? That's nonsensical. He's not responsible for the decisions that his country is making. And we're setting an awful precedent when we are asking individual athletes, excluding them without any connection to the larger country's decision being made. We don't even know what all of these athletes who are not going to be able to play at Wimbledon, Russian, actually believe about the Ukrainian invasion. I just think it's an awful precedent. I give credit to Novak Djokovic for speaking out intelligently about this issue. We'll be right back in a moment, but first, this break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Speaking of the opposite of intelligence, did you see Mike Tyson uh, decide to punch a guy on an airplane flight? Uh, The video went viral. TMZ had it. It's up at OutKick as well. And my thought on this in general is, who's taunting Mike Tyson on an airplane? Did you grow up not seeing what Mike Tyson did to grown men who trained to fight for a living and you want to run your mouth to him on an airplane? Now look, I don't ever condone anybody punching someone else for what is said. I've talked about this before. If I am in a fight, you can presume one of two things happen. One, I'm being paid an ungodly amount of money to fight, okay? 
Only way I'm ever fighting, and I'm not even sure what the dollar figure would have to be, somebody would have to pay me millions and millions of dollars to engage in some sort of fight for money. It's the truth. Because if I get hit in the head and my brain doesn't work as well, then my ability to earn a living going forward is not there. So you'd have to pay me millions and millions of dollars to risk getting hit in the head. Okay, just FYI. So you can presume if I'm in a boxing match, UFC fight, any kind of fight for money, that I got paid a ton of money. Or two, that my family or me is under physical danger. For grown men who don't engage in physical combat for a living, unless you're being highly paid or your life is in danger, there's no reason for you to be in a fight. Having said that, Mike Tyson is a fighter. And so if you taunt someone who has engaged in combat for a living, I don't think you can be surprised when they snap. Let me just give you an example. Do you remember several years ago when this guy was at a zoo and he was taunting, I think it was a tiger in a cage, taunting a tiger, taunting the tiger, and then the tiger got out All of a sudden, things changed in a hurry. Don't taunt the tiger. I've told my kids this my whole life, all right? You think that there is a protection for you. A lot of people do. But there is a thin veneer of civility that sometimes exists. And if you decide to taunt the tiger, and in this case, Mike Tyson is a tiger. I'm not talking about this guy's just sitting in his seat and Mike Tyson suddenly starts punching him. Based on the video, he appears to have been taunting Mike Tyson in some way. If you decide to taunt the tiger, I don't know that I would be that confident in that thin veneer of glass, that thin veneer of civility in life that is protecting you. My advice, don't pick on someone who makes a living kicking ass for a living and then be surprised when they decide to kick your ass. Similarly, in a zoo, I wouldn't taunt the tiger. I wouldn't do it. Because at some point, that tiger may get out. I remember that story when it happened in the zoo and I thought, you know what? I bet that dude wishes he hadn't gotten that tiger so mad that he got outside of the cage. Good advice in general Don't taunt tigers when you don't need to taunt tigers. And don't pick on fighters on an airplane when you don't need to uh, pick on fighters. How about just JBN? One of my new favorite things in saying, tell my kids all the time, just be normal. JBN. When in doubt, just be normal. There's so much insanity out there. Just be the normal dude in an insane world. Speaking of insanity. Did you see this story? The Washington Nationals we're going to have people parachuting in as a part of their pregame ceremony. And somehow lines got crossed. I don't know who's responsible. And they end up evacuating the United States Capitol because they thought it was under danger of being attacked. And the Washington Nationals say, hey, we told everybody we need to. Nancy Pelosi came out and said, this is unacceptable. There need to be consequences because it brought back all the memories of January 6th. Now, I would argue maybe 9-11 when there were actual dangers that were being brought to bear by aircraft as opposed to January 6th. But I do think it's interesting. Nancy Pelosi demanded that there be consequences for the failure of the Washington Nationals to communicate well some way in Washington, D.C. She didn't demand any consequences when 13 people got killed in Afghanistan. 
She hasn't demanded any consequences for our southern border being overrun. She hasn't demanded any consequences for 8.5% inflation. She hasn't demanded any consequences for supply chain crisis. She hasn't demanded any consequences for murder rates skyrocketing all over this country. Hmm, maybe, just tossing it out there, maybe, just maybe, that should also uh, be something that Nancy Pelosi is concerned about. Uh, Jay Wright has retired at Villanova. Incredible career for Jay Wright. Couple of national championships. He's only 60 years old. And retiring now, he evidently is going to go into television, uh, suggests that, I mean, 60 years old for an uh, for a head coach is relatively young to decide that you want to ride off into the sunset. I believe I'm correct in this. I think Nick Saban was like 58 when he took over at Alabama. Um, maybe a little bit younger than that. Uh, but Nick Saban was not that much older younger than Jay Wright is when Jay Wright is retiring now at Villanova um, after the incredible run that he has had there. Uh, I think maybe Nick Saban was 56 when he took over at Alabama. Either way, Jay Wright retiring at the age of 60. Incredible resume for Jay Wright. I thought I would run through it because certainly his career, and I think it's probably because Villanova, I know they won the national title in 1968, but historically... Villanova has not been a premier program and he's been there for 21 years. First of all, I was kind of surprised that he was actually 60 years old. Um, But his tenure at Villanova, he went 642 and 282, winning nearly 70% of his games, 34 and 16 in the NCAA tournament, two-time NCAA tournament champion, 2016 and 18, and it seemed as if his program was continuing to get better and better. Four Final Fours, including 16, 18, and 22. And eight-time Big East regular season champ as well as five Big East tournaments. A lot of, I think it's interesting to contemplate. I know that Mike Krzyzewski is 75 years old and has coached longer at Duke and been more successful. But I do think it's intriguing to compare the way that Mike Krzyzewski went out with everybody knowing that he was going to retire for an entire season such that it became a major storyline of its own versus Jay Wright not telling anyone at all that he was going to retire and waiting until several weeks after the season actually ended to decide to step down. Everybody is different. But for me, I would rather go out like Jay Wright than I would like Coach K because I wouldn't want my retirement to overwhelm the final season that I was coaching. I also wouldn't want to put it out there when I was going to be doing something for the final time. And now everybody's different. You know, Kobe Bryant, when he decided to retire, let everybody know and he had a one-year-long goodbye. And I understand that. Not me. It's not the way that I would want to go out. I would rather go out, and everybody's different, but I would rather go out like Jay Wright, not announcing at all that I was going to retire and then deciding to retire, than go out like Mike Krzyzewski with a big, long, uh, prolonged process surrounding it. Because I think it, personally, and I know Duke had a great season and went to the Final Four, but I think it makes the season not about your players, instead about you, 
And uh, to me, you could always come back and have all your players come back and you could be honored after your career is over. I'd rather go out like uh, like we just saw Jay Wright go out compared to uh, compared to Mike Krzyzewski. Uh Finally, uh, news. The House of Representatives in Florida has passed a bill to strip away the, uh, the zoning and uh, sort of self-governance that is allowed to exist for Disney that has existed since 1969. I talked about this a little bit yesterday. The House and the Senate in Florida have both passed it. And I gave you guys an example because I'm kind of fascinated by the rise of Disney World in general and the fact that Walt Disney could go in disguise basically all over Central Florida and buy up as much land as possible to allow Disney World to exist. Um, and Orlando was not a very big area at the time, and he's buying up all this different land. And the Florida legislature essentially gave Disney control over the way that they zoned and managed all of that acreage, all of that land. And uh, when Disney decided to get involved and falsely label uh, what happened in Florida, the don't say gay bill, Ron DeSantis looked at the political landscape and he said, what are they going to do? Move Disney World? They can't do that. Disney World is here now forever. So Disney needs Florida more than Florida needs Disney. And I think that's true. And so Ron DeSantis said, why should we allow Disney to continue to have preferential treatment compared to other businesses here? Let's put them under the same regulatory structure as most other businesses exist under in the state of Florida. So they have taken away the special protections that were granted to Disney, the Reedy uh, division, back in 1969. So people out there are like, oh, this is cancel culture. How dare you? No, this is holding Disney to the same standards that all other corporations are being held to in Florida. Why should Disney, if they are going to go full woke Disney, expect that they are not going to have to, uh, to live by the same corporate charters and standards as everybody else? If you're going to come after the state of Florida's bills and label them falsely things that they are not, then we're going to, at a minimum, that's what Ron DeSantis is saying, hold you accountable for the choices that you are making. And this is how you win, honestly. I've been talking about this for a while, and, and I think it's instructive in the world of sports. I still believe that sports should bring us all together, okay? My general position, however, is if you keep punching me in the face eventually I have to throw a punch back at you, right? If you keep walking up and landing a punch right in my face, sooner or later, if I keep letting you punch me, then you're going to recognize that I am a walkover. And that's effectively what has happened with woke culture. The woke culture demands actions. And people who are anti-woke just say, hey, can't we just stay in the middle? Can't we just keep everything even? And every time we get punched in the face. And sooner or later, you have to throw a punch back to keep things normal. And to me, that's what Ron DeSantis is doing. And that's what Republicans have to learn how to do. And this, to me, is the legacy, ultimately. Everybody wants to talk about what is Donald Trump's legacy right now in the Republican Party. 
I think Donald Trump's legacy is he'll throw a punch back. And he's not going to be afraid about what the mainstream media says about him. You know, the old school Republican Party was Mitt Romney. Country club Republican. I'm worried what you're going to say about me. Oh no, the New York Times said something mean. The Washington Post said something mean. CNN, MSNBC. What are we going to do about that? That was the Mitt Romney curl up in the fetal position and beg for forgiveness. He doesn't ever win anything. I think the legacy of Donald Trump is going to be that lots of Republican politicians are now willing to throw punches back. And I actually think that's how you beat woke culture. You beat woke culture by letting these businesses know you don't get a free pass by being uh, enthralled and under the auspices of woke culture. You have Disney. I don't think Disney ever thought when they entered into the calculus of how to respond to uh, this bill, which they never should have responded to publicly. I think Bob Chapik, the CEO, was right. They never should have said anything publicly because most people don't care. But I don't think Disney in their calculus, their lobbyists, anyone ever told them, hey, if you do this, then you may lose your special status in the state of Florida. I think they were used to old school Republicans who would back down and wouldn't expect any kind of consequence for behavior like this. And Ron DeSantis isn't that school of Republican. And I think ultimately the validation here or the referendum is going to come in November. The referendum is going to come in November. And I think Ron DeSantis is going to win the governorship of Florida by six, seven, eight points which is going to be a landslide in a state that he only won by 30,000 votes in 2018. I don't think Florida is going to be particularly close. I really don't. And people are going to look at those results and they're going to say, wow, this guy got things done and made the state of Florida better. And I think other governors are going to follow his lead because they're learning what I already learned. A lot of people say, hey, Clay, how come there's nobody else really like you in media? Get that question. Most sports fans aren't woke. You got, I've said this analogy for a while, you got a knife fight for the 25% of woke sports fans. ESPN's out there fighting, you know, knife fighting to be the wokest they can be. Even the woke ESPN talent slicing and dicing other woke people on a day-to-day basis to see who can be the wokest. And I'm serving the under other 80%. So how's that possible? It's because I walked through the fire already. Most people won't walk through the fire and say what they actually believe. You don't have to agree with anything I say. But know this. I never look over my shoulder and think, I wonder if there's people behind me who are following my lead. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to tell you every single day exactly what I think about a huge variety of topics. And you can agree with me or you can disagree with me. I don't care. It doesn't impact my life in any way whether you agree or disagree. What I care about every day is being able to get out of bed and say exactly what I think. Because that is the ultimate privilege in America today because so few people can do it. It's why I founded OutKick. It's what I'll continue to do for the rest of my career. Love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis. I will be on Fox News tonight with Jesse Waters. You can watch me there 
at 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 5 Mountain, 4 Pacific. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP.